Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Racing with Ryan podcast. It's been a while since we've done one of these, uh, over a year, as a matter of fact, but I feel like now is a good time to bring this thing back, and I'm just going to do it my way, um, at least for this year, and we'll see where things go. So a lot of people are probably wondering, well, where'd the show go? Why'd you stop doing it? Well, we're going to explain all of that in this show. We're going to explain what the plan is for this show going forward, at least to the end of the year, and then we'll evaluate things and see where to take it, see if it grows, see if it's even going to be something to continue. But uh, we are back um, probably going to be uh, whenever I can do one of these kind of things. Got a lot going on, of course. Uh, anyone that knows me knows that. But um, I just, you know, there's so much going on in the world of racing in general. And this show is going to be kind of a general racing show. And like I said, down the road, we'll see where it goes. Maybe we split off. We do a short track racing edition. We do a NASCAR edition. But I'm kind of going to talk about a little bit of everything in this show because I follow a little bit of everything. So, um, just to kind of recap before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, um, of course, we'll let you know, well, where did the show go? Why did we stop doing it? Um, there's a good reason for it, and a lot of it's coronavirus related, and then a lot of it's, well, just never felt like picking it back up until now. Um, we'll tell you about what we've been doing, what's changed, um, maybe not a whole lot uh, to some people, but to others, a whole lot has changed, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the plans for the podcast, as I just alluded to, and um, kind of really go over the state of short track racing. There's so much going on, um, good and bad, but I'll give you my thoughts, uh, exactly what I think about racing in general right now, and what, um, you know, w- w- just what I think. And instead of putting my thoughts on Facebook, uh, you'll actually have to listen now to, if you care, you know, you'll have to listen to to find out what I think about things. Uh, And then, of course, um, we'll talk about the future of the podcast, kind of what I would like to do with the show. But we're going to take it fluidly here and just kind of whatever happens, happens with this thing. This is going to be a hobby podcast. if we get sponsors or whatever and it becomes lucrative, then, yeah, we'll turn it into something more. But for now, I can't guarantee I can do one every week. Um, I would like to. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about uh, what I would like to do and where I see the show going at least to the end of the year. And when we get to the end of the year, we'll reevaluate things and see if it continues in this format or in a different format. And then, like I said, maybe even split it off. And then maybe... Even at the end of the show, if we're lucky, we'll have a driver interview or two. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what today's show is going to be about. Just want to give my thoughts about short track racing. There's there's just been a lot going on. Um, some good, but in my realm, a lot of bad, and, it, and it's for stupid reasons. So we'll talk about all that. That should keep you interested. Uh, glad to be back with you here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Definitely looking forward to uh, what the future holds. So thanks for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and get right on into the show. So with that said, where exactly did we go? Why did we disappear? Well, I'll be honest with you. COVID had a victim. Um, after you know everything went down and the state got shut down, all the racetracks were shut down, NASCAR got shut down, there was just nothing to talk about, and the show kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, we were doing it every week. We did Red Eye, we did Speed Weeks, and, you know, Thinking back to 2020, we're lucky we, we even got the World Series in at New Smyrna because about two weeks later, COVID was 
all over the place, and it killed a lot of things. And, you know, we, we kept the show going, and then we were right up to uh, opening day for the regular season at New Smyrna, which is a fun time for me, fun time for Margo, because uh, we get to go to the racetrack. That's where our friends are. That's where our family is. So, um, man, I think we, we lost six weeks due to COVID, and then we got approval to go back racing, and then we rained out two or three weeks, and that just kind of killed the mood, and then there was no NASCAR. And you know on this show, we, we covered New Smyrna. We covered whatever race we went to. We talked about uh, big races elsewhere. We talked about NASCAR, and there's just nothing going on, and it was a weird time. And to be honest with you, that kind of killed the show. That killed the momentum, and we got away from it. And then we did one show, and I looked back. It was July 4th we did a show, Racing in Quarantine, and... You know, after that, we just, we never got into doing another show, and, and we just kind of disappeared. Uh, NASCAR was pretty boring. Uh, New Smyrna last year was fun. We went to a whole bunch of different races. Um, there was stuff to talk about. We just never got on here to do it, and show the, so the show died. Um, about a week ago, I just decided, you know, it'd be fun to bring this back, and, and uh, it it in a format where we could just sit here and do it when we could, not no, well, we've got to do this every week. Um, like I said earlier, uh, when we first came on, probably not going to be able to do it every week. Things are going to come up, and uh, we're just going to do this when we can. So um, in the meantime, or you know, since we've recorded a show, uh, there's been a lot going on. We have been racing at New Smyrna. We've gone to other racetracks. Um, NASCAR has been a little bit more exciting this year. I think last year there was like 13 winners all of last year, and there's already 14 this year. And we're not even in the playoffs yet. So, um, you know, we've been going to the racetrack, doing the new smarter thing. Of course, that's where I work on a weekly basis. Um, Going to other tracks when we can. Um, Watching NASCAR. That's what we've been doing. But just with recent developments, the way the world is, the way racing is, I just, you know, felt like there's stuff to talk about again. So I want to do this show, and I want to get other people on the show. Margo plans to be back, uh, hopefully for the next one. Um, I think we're going to have our, our buddy Steven on for a show after we go to Daytona. We're planning to go to the Coke Zero 400 with New Smyrna to honor our champions. And um, I'm going to have my friend Steven out there with me, and he's going to come on. We're going to do an episode about that, our experience there, talk about the race, talk about our champions from New Smyrna last year. Um, so that'll be fun. That's kind of some of the stuff we have planned for some upcoming shows. Um you know, what we're going to do with the podcast, though, moving forward is, you know, if we have a good race weekend or a bad race weekend, we feel like there's stuff to talk about, we'll get on here and record a show. There might be an episode that's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. There might be an hour and a half episode. I don't know. We're just going to kind of do it, you know. Um, there is going to be enough to talk about, uh, good or bad. And on this show, we will talk about the bad we will talk about the good. I want to talk about good things. I want racing to be good. That's why I love it, you know? That's why, you know, sometimes I get the way I get. I, I want it to be good, so I test the waters, and sometimes people don't agree with it, and that's fine. I really don't care anymore. Um, somebody doesn't want to, you know, be positive, hey, that they have every right to it. I'm just not going to look at it anymore. I just, you know, if all you want to do is, is get online and, and be negative about stuff, go ahead and do it. No one can stop you from doing it, but... I'm not going to look at it anymore. I just I really don't care. If you want to be constructive, uh, you know, that's the, that's what I'm looking for. I love constructive criticism. 
Um, but just the person who wants to go online and complain and whine and piss and moan about this and about that and think they can do it better when they're just in it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't care. I'll, I'll just, I really, I don't want to block anybody, but I'll unfollow you. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's not fun, but we will get on here. We'll talk about good things. Hey, if we have a good race weekend, want to talk about it. If we have a bad race weekend, we'll, we'll talk about why and, and what could have went better. Um, if I go to a race and I like it, I'm going to talk good about it, but I'm not going to get on here and track bash. You know, I might go to another racetrack and might not like the format or might not have been as entertained as I want to, but it's not, not everything is the track's fault. Once the green flag flies, it's in the driver's hands, man. So I'm going to give you my opinions, my, my thoughts, and we'll, we'll talk to guests. Um, we'll let them say what they have to say. Um, but we're not going to beat around the bush either. Not just going to go, oh, we went to Five Flag Speedway this weekend, and man, let me tell you, that four-car race that they had up there, that truck race that with four cars or trucks, it was so great. Well, maybe maybe the race was great. Maybe it wasn't. But um, that that's kind of going to be how the show is going forward. We're just going to talk about what we feel like. If there was a really exciting NASCAR race, we'll get on here and talk about that. If you don't want to talk about NASCAR, if you don't want to listen to NASCAR, well, skip forward. That's that's the great thing about podcasts. You can fast forward. You can rewind. You can go to the part you want to listen to. Uh, we're going to have driver interviews. Uh, we have John Gross lined up at the end of this episode, so keep listening to that. Um, and I'm glad that he reached out because I do want to talk about the Bomber Bees. That's our newest division. That's the division I feel like needs the most help right now. I don't understand. Well, okay, I kind of understand, but I want to get the driver's perspective of why that division hasn't taken off quite quite the way we thought or wanted to and I would love to hear his insight because he's been racing all year he probably hears all the stuff and even more than you even see on Facebook so we'll talk to John later on I'm looking forward to that um but the meat and potatoes of this show 10 minute diatribe already of of stuff you guys probably don't care about so let's get into what I want to talk about on this show what made me want to get back into doing this show I want to talk about the state of short track racing, at least in my realm. This year's been weird. It really has. Um, speed weeks. Man, what a roller coaster speed weeks was. So many good things going into it. 40 plus tour mods, you know, 30 pro lates, 30 super lates. Florida modifieds, there are some, some stuff going on there that uh, kind of killed the, the series. Um, but overall, Speed Week should have been amazing, and certain people took it into their hands and made it about themselves and, and thought that, uh, you know, their bad night needed to ruin the entire week, and it it cost it cost a lot that night. Um, a lot of bad things happened. We carried on because that's what, that's what they would have wanted us to do, um, but selfish people took what should have been a great week of racing and ruined it. And that's the only way I can put that. So already we went from having a great thing, and, and I'm talking New Smyrna here, and it just seems like right now anytime New Smyrna has something good, somebody has to ruin it. And yes, it's and it's not just one person. Don't get me wrong. It's somebody or something has to ruin it. Um, earlier this year, the, the management made a great decision on Father's Day to let dads in for free. We've done it with mothers before. But you, you look at the, the spectator ratio. You got a lot of guys out there, right? But they let the dads in for free. We packed the place. It was the most energetic crowd we've had in years. 
We had people with signs. We had people cheering. It's the kind of thing that that gets the place lit back up. You want to have people there. And from what I heard, the track made, you know, they made payout before we even started the races without even charging $15 a head. I, I just don't understand why we're still charging 15 bucks for a weekly show. I, I feel like you get people there, they spend money. But if they got to spend a whole bunch of money at the gate and then they get a shitty show, they don't want to spend any more money at your place. So, you know, we had that awesome night, got to the features, and it started to rain. And when it starts to rain, the people that are diehards, they stick around. But those that are just like, eh, I didn't pay to get in anyways, they all left. And they didn't even get to see half of a great show. So just my point is this year there's been good things, but it just seems like something's always raining on the parade. I mean, hell, one night we had the lights go out. Um, and now the whole the whole big thing is this tire shortage. Um, you know, it's uh, it's affecting a lot of tracks. It's not just New Smyrna. It's not just the South. It's it's everywhere. Um, but it's how it's managed that uh, some places are able to keep it going, and some places have had to shut down. And I know we're not the only track that's been affected by it. Um, and and the tire there's a, there's a lot to the tire shortage that's affected New Smyrna. Um, there's, you know, it goes back to the, the mentality of, oh, it's all about me. If it's, if you go into short track racing with that mentality and it's all about yourself, you're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin the night. Maybe not, uh, directly, but you will ruin the night. If, um, if you're selfish about the reason that you're there, you will Make it a worse night for you, for somebody else. I mean, for me, I don't, I, I don't do this. Uh, I, I'm not into short track racing for the money. Yes, I do get paid for what I do. I do like to get paid for my time, but I'm not. I do not make enough money to support myself off of my job at the racetrack. It is supplemental, and I appreciate everything that I do earn. But I don't do it solely for that. Yes, I do get frustrated sometimes because I, I like to be paid for my time because I'm, I'm balancing a 45-hour-a-week job plus racetrack stuff. So I like to, you know, when I work for a week, I do like to, to have something for it. Of course, who doesn't, you know? You mow a lawn for somebody, you'd at least like a beer, right? Um, but if you go into it like, I only care about the money, I'm only in this for myself. That's just, it's not going to make for a good thing. It's just, selfishness and racing is not good. There's got to be give, there's got to be take. You're going to be asked uh, to do things outside of your job description if you're working there. Or if you're a racer, hell, somebody's going to come up to you and ask if they can borrow a part. And you know what? You could let them borrow said part and keep that car going and give the fans another car in the field. And right now we need every car and a lot of tracks need every car they can get. But if you're selfish and say, I ain't lending you shit. Well, that's a whole car out of the race, you know, not, not directly your fault. Maybe their fault completely, but you could help. You could keep the fields going. And then sometimes we get people that have a bad night and they go on Facebook and they give the place, whatever track it may be a bad reputation. So if you go online and say, so-and-so hit me, don't go to this place, or maybe you don't say that even. Maybe you just say, every time I go here, so-and-so hits me. It just leaves an indelible mark, and a bad, indelible mark on the track. Whether it's their fault or not, 
It's just the mindset right now in short track racing is all about me. It's all about me. Yes, we all want to go out there and win. Yes, we all want to go out there and have a great time for ourselves and, and you know, to enjoy a hobby. In this level, what I do, it's a hobby. I, I, I'm not announcing for the radio. I'm not announcing for TV. I don't want to do that shit. I, I've had opportunities. I did TV one time. Hated it. Just, it wasn't, no, it's not what I'm in this for. I'm in this because I like the crowd. I like to feel the energy. I like to, you know, be part of the show, but not make it about me, you know? If you go into short track racing with the family mentality or the, you know, have some camaraderie, it's better for everybody. And right now I see a lot of, oh, so-and-so hit me, you know, they suck, I'm going to wreck them, this and that, fighting on Facebook over contact on the racetrack. Here's the thing, man. If you're racing on this track, Daytona, Homestead, uh, Michigan even, where they hardly ever make contact because the racing's not good there, um, it's you're going to make contact, folks. Somebody's going to hit you. Somebody's going to spin you. Somebody's going to do something silly on that racetrack. But you have to understand that going into the race... Expect it. Don't go out there and do it on purpose, but expect that somebody might hit you. Somebody might make a mistake. Somebody might have a mechanical failure and ruin their night. You know what? So-and-so doesn't want to blow a tire and wreck themselves, let alone take you out. Nobody wants to blow an engine. Nobody wants to blow a tire, especially these days. You can't get freaking tires. You know, I, I've seen it all different ways. I've seen people take each other out. I've seen rivalries build. There ain't nothing wrong with a rivalry. I love a rivalry. And I'm not going to not talk about a rivalry. If people are battling week in and week out, that's a storyline, folks. That keeps people coming back. If you get upset because I'm talking about a rivalry, you all drive the race cars. You know what I mean? So I guess my whole point is there's, there's a lot going on right now that I don't like. I don't like this constant bickering, this constant, oh, so-and-so hit me. They need to not be there, blah, 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 blah. No, that's that's the wrong attitude. So-and-so hit me. Well, that's part of racing, you know? And now, on the whole other side of the coin, if somebody just takes you out, we don't want that. But if you go on Facebook and say, so-and-so hit me, next time I'm putting them in the wall, and you do it, that's about the dumbest thing you can do. You want to be pissed if somebody hit you? Be pissed about it. But this whole fighting on Facebook, this whole, you know, I'm better than everybody else mentality. It's not good for short track racing because it, it look at the bombers. We had 30 some odd cars for a couple of races at the beginning of the year. And then people go online and they complain about this guy and this guy. And then they go, well, screw that. I'm spending all this money and people are complaining that I'm out there. And then they stop racing. And then we're going to go back to five or six bomber cars. It's, it's going to implode upon itself. Y'all have a great thing. People are talking. Go back to Speed Weeks. What do people talk about? The bomber race. The bombers are awesome. But it's going to kill itself if the bickering continues. I don't want that. I love talking about the bombers. I love that now the bombers are a division that gets talked about. Instead of, this used to be the division that was at the end of the night for people to get out of the parking lot. And now people care about it. So think about it that way. We gotta change. We gotta change our mindset, and it goes for me too. 
sometimes in the past, especially, I've been combative with some people because I don't agree with what they say. Well, guess what? Y'all don't agree with what I say a lot, and I respect that. And I respect what you have to say, but just think about what it is that you're saying and how it might have a negative effect on the class, on the track, indirectly, or maybe directly. But just think about what what do we want in short track racing? We don't want five-car divisions, right? The track doesn't. I don't. You don't want to race against two other people, right? You want to have competition. Now, some people just want to go out and win every race, and they don't want competition. But you want to have a good field. You want to be on the schedule more, right? Look what happened to the Mod Minis last year, unfortunately. They didn't really show up last year. They've been cut down drastically. And now the cars are out there, and they haven't hardly been able to race. So think about what your actions might, you know, the consequences of your actions. Think about that. Um, the tire thing. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, we missed a race because of tires. And right now we don't have late model tires. The late models have been cut this week. There is a lot more to the story, and I'm not going to I'm not going to name names, but unfortunately, yes, it has been mismanaged, and management falls on the track too, and it falls on those who deal with tires. And unfortunately, going back to what I was talking about five minutes ago, if you go into this with a selfish mindset, it's eventually going to bite you in the ass. And because we didn't have tires, because somehow, some way, the tire situation got mismanaged to the point where Hoosier now has to come in and handle tire sales themselves. I'll let you put the pieces together. We lost a race because tires were handled improperly. Okay? That now hurt tire sales for that night right? That hurt the track because we weren't open. That hurt the drivers because now they lost a race. That hurt the fans because it's negative PR. Did I want to go on Facebook and say we're not racing because of tires? No. Was I pissed off about it? Absolutely. And then I found out the whole story or at least another side of the story and I was even more pissed off. And it's, you know, it's those that are in charge of the tires and it's those that oversee the racetrack because if you have, even if it's an independent person the track should still be on top of you know hey are we doing what we're supposed to be doing over here are we doing what we're supposed to be doing over here so that we can continue to run the races now i i don't i i'm not pointing fingers and i'm not blaming anybody specifically but I go back to comments that I've made maybe on Facebook before, and I've had the track say, better be careful what you say, because that might bite you in the ass. And then I remember, yeah, that's right, I do work at the racetrack. So, everybody has to run things and, and take care of their responsibilities in a good manner to keep it going. Because you know what? A mistake here mismanagement here, somebody not doing what they're supposed to be here, might not seem, oh, I wasn't at my post, and now qualifying can't happen at the right time, or I wasn't paying attention, I screwed something up. That has a greater effect, not just on you, not just on one person, but on everything as a whole. So my point is, if we all don't do our part, everybody loses. 
So this tire situation, things got screwed up. And it's not one person's fault. It's Now, there is a shortage. There is a tire shortage. So everything was in short supply to begin with, and things were mishandled. Now, I again, I'm, I'm not just pointing the finger at one person. I'm saying there was an issue. Things weren't maybe done exactly how they should, but it's it's done, it's in the past, and you learn from it. So now, different things are having to happen. And it's, like I said, it's very unfortunate that because of, you know, one thing, everybody has lost now. And that is my point. Things are going to happen. Calls are going to be made from the tower. Calls are going to be made um, before the races even happen that some people are going to agree with and some people aren't. And you're going to get both sides. And what you're going to hear is if, you know, you're the social media guy and you see all the comments, you're going to see all the negative shit because that's what people want to talk about. That's the way the world is. Whatever. At this point, I don't even care anymore. Say whatever you got to say. You want to be negative about stuff? If you want to be negative all the time, it's not going to help you in the long run. It's not going to make... We, we see a bunch of negative stuff from one per, certain person. It's not going to make us want to help certain person, you know. We see... You know, hey, you should have done this. Well, hey, we can think about that. Maybe make a different decision. And I say we because I am, uh, I don't make decisions, but I say we in the fact that I'm talking about New Smyrna here. Um, and I'm sure other tracks have to deal with this too. I mean, a lot of tracks made decisions last week to cancel because of the storm. Because two days before race day, it looked like a good portion of the state was going to take the east side of the storm. Maybe not a direct hit. But the east side of the storm has a lot of rain. Well, nobody wants to be driving. Nobody wants to be sitting around in the rain. Even Citrus had to cancel their Demolition Derby event, their Crash-O-Rama. Well, it's not called Crash-O-Rama. don't want to say the wrong thing, but their Night of Destruction, their whatever they call it, um, which is usually a rain. Hey, a little bit of rain on a night like that makes things fun. But even they canceled. So, you know, you look back at it and say, well... They probably could have gotten it in. Well, once the call's made, it is it is what it is. And I'm sure they got a lot of negative flack. Why'd you cancel so early? We, were, we would have been there, rain, shine, thunder, lightning, tornado. You say that, but then those are the kind of people that come the, come the day of the event, they're not there. So it's, it, it's tough. A- everything is tough right now. This tire shortage definitely makes it tough, but you got to step up and you got to do things differently. You can't just, okay, if there's a tire shortage, you can't just say, well, just keep doing whatever you're doing. You got to look at things a little bit differently. I would like a tire rule. I don't know exactly what the tire rule should be, but this is why I'm not management. This is why I'm the guy who sits up in the tower and talks about cars going in circles. And I love that. And that is what I'm going to focus on. Um, Now I do help run the social media. A lot of the things I put up, I don't like to put. I don't like telling y'all races are canceled. I don't like telling y'all, you know, a division now has to be taken off the schedule. That is not what I like to do. I like to, you know, say, hey, so-and-so is racing. Hey, we got this going on. But there's just been so much, I don't know, bad juju lately that it's just kind of taking the fun out of it. Now, that doesn't change the way I feel when I get up in the tower. I've had a great time calling four car races, but I have a hell of a lot better time calling a whole bunch of cars. But I've seen races with a whole bunch of cars that suck. I've seen races with five, six cars that are great. It's There's not just one thing that defines a race. And 
I, I've gone through a, you know, towards the end of last year, I even told Andrew Hart, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a few weeks and I, I'm not going to be on social media. I need to just figure out, you know, what the next step is. How do we do this better than speed weeks? It was really, really looking great. And then we had a few good nights and then everything happened and then it just put a damper on it. Um, I got hyped up for the beginning of this year and then we started off great and then it's kind of hit a lull and then this tire shortage and it's not just like I said, I don't want anybody to listen to this and think, Oh man, listen to him being all negative. He thinks he knows everything. He's pointing people out. He's calling people out. No, a, a failure of a night that night, a couple of weeks ago where we had 28 total cars in the pits. That was on everybody. That was on me. I didn't promote enough that week, I guess. That was on the track. Uh, we didn't do enough to get people there. Maybe we don't do enough. That was on the drivers. They didn't want to be there. And everybody has their reasons for not wanting to be there. Maybe it's too damn hot right now. That's that's fine. That's fine. But a night that is not the best always makes me want to do more. And then I see the comments on Facebook, and I'm like, ah, screw it, I just don't even care anymore. But the fact of the matter is, I care a lot. And I love uh, I love my position. I love doing the announcing. I love calling the races. I love talking to you guys afterwards. I don't like the bickering. I really don't. I don't want to hear it anymore. If uh, if somebody wants to come up to me after after the race and, you know, shoot the shit, I'm all about it. But if you want to come up and bicker to me about another driver... I just, I don't, because, and I've said it even on the hot lap that I do for the track, um, there there are a lot of you guys, most of you all, that I really enjoy being friends with, and when somebody says, hey, watch this, you'll know exactly what happens, pick a side, I'm not, I can't do that, because I might be friends on both sides, and I'm not out on that racetrack, so I might see one thing, or I might miss something. I can't take sides. I just want to go enjoy the racing, and I want to try to support you guys. I mean, one of the best things that I came up with this year is that driver of the week thing. And if uh, if you've participated in that, thank you. That's been the most popular thing we've done in probably a long ass time. So we're gonna keep that rolling. Um, so like I said, there's good this year. There's bad this year. There's a debacle right now. Figuring out this tire thing. We might not have late model tires until. Well, we only got we're, late models are off this week. Then we're at Daytona. I don't think we're getting late model tires till September. But after that, we get our shipment. I think we're good. But of course, it's a fluid situation, and I've hated to have to be the guy to go on Facebook and cancel races. And you know, Rusty calls me and goes, "You're not gonna like this," and I get all fussy with him. And then I have to be like, "I'm sorry. I'm just fussy in general because I hate canceling races." And he goes, "Well." I'm the last guy in the world that wants to cancel a race. And he's like, I hate having to make this phone call to you. I hate having to make this decision. But sometimes it's the only decision to be made. And I get it. And it sucks. But, again, it's on all of us. You know? Maybe one person messed up, but then it falls on everybody's shoulders. You know? I'm I'm not in charge of tires. So I don't I don't sell them. But we have to be a team... And that goes for you racers, too. That goes for you fans. 
We're all in this together, right? So we all have to make it better. And that's tough because it's easy to sit back and say, hey, not my deal. Or to say, I don't care what that guy on his podcast has to say. I'm going to say whatever I want. It's my Facebook. Go ahead, but just know that it's seen by people. And then, you know, well, they. I, I'd like to suggest this. Well, I, I've seen what you say on Facebook, so maybe I'm not going to take you that seriously. But anyway, I hate talking about the negative stuff, but there just seems to be a lot of negativity right now. So that is kind of what's been on my mind lately. And I just, I hate that it's, uh, you know, I, I hate the negativity, but it's part of it. And you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. Get through the bad days and make it better for next time. I'm super excited for this weekend. You know, we had to make the call to cancel the Superlay model race. Well, last Superlay model race, there's five cars. I appreciate those five guys that showed up. They made it interesting anyway. Uh, we had twin 50s and we had like four cars. Not the most interesting thing. So if there had to be something that was scrapped, I'm glad this week we get to race what we can because canceling the whole show a couple weeks ago sucked. It did. At least this week we got four of our best support classes. And now maybe we don't have to sit through a 50-lap follow-the-leader race. No offense to those guys. Um, I mean, the super late models, maybe sitting out a couple of weeks helps get more cars there because we can get everybody there at the same time now because their cars are out there. But it's been a struggle to get people there. And I don't know if that's pay. I don't know if that's car setup. I think it's a combination of a lot of things, to be honest with you. It's pay. It's, um, you know, people are set up for the bull rings, don't want to change over for New Smyrna because, well, unless we win, we're spending a lot of money. Maybe a tire rule needs to happen there, too. Maybe you can't buy tires every week. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, I know the solution is not saying, well, it's just because they suck and they don't listen. That's not going to help anybody. But... Enough of that. I, I hope you guys can see what I'm trying to say, and I'm not just pointing the finger at one person, and I'm not saying that management doesn't know what they're doing. I'm not saying that uh, you, you you racers have don't have a right to go and be upset on your personal Facebook pages, but just I want people to think kind of more. It's not just about me, and what I say, what I do doesn't just affect me and I've had to learn this too, guys. I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here on a pedestal saying that you know I've never screwed up. I've screwed up plenty of times. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. I've made enemies that I regret making enemies with. But it's all part of the game, and you live and learn. I want to go to the racetrack and have a good time. And ever since um, the birth of my daughter, I've kind of been showing up a little bit later and doing a quick walkthrough who's here, jot down a few notes, go to the tower and do my job, and I've loved it. I've loved it. Because what I do on the microphone, up in the tower, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's something, it's a life experience that uh, it's, it's, it's helped me as a person, it's helped me grow personally, um, and I love it. You know, I could be pissed off, and I've come to the track pissed off, and I've walked around the pits, and I'm like, oh, there's no cars here. There's not enough cars here. This is. Then I go up there, and I have the most fun I've ever had in my life. And 
that is where I shine, and um, that is where I look forward to being. So definitely looking forward to this weekend. Um, of course, I will be there. We're going to try to do a show next week and recap uh, the races. We do have sportsmen. We have the LKQ Superstocks. My God, has that division been fun? Some up and downs there, but a lot of fun. Uh, Bomber A's, some turmoil in and out. And um, it's a great division. And I hope that the numbers continue to be solid. I think it'll be a great show. Florida Southern Ground Pounders are back. There's been turmoil even in that division, and they don't raise for money. Um, but I know we're not ha- we don't have the Super Late Model. We don't have that big marquee flashing lights Super Late Model 50. Well, maybe that's a good thing because if you say, oh, Super Late Model 50, main event, main event, and you get five cars, people are gonna people aren't going to be, be happy about that. So they can be upset that they're not on, but that they could also be upset that they were on and there was five cars. And maybe this week would have been the best week. I heard some people that were going to come race and now they can't, and I hate it. But maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And we'll have four great divisions to talk about. You know, we'll have 12 to 14 sportsmen. We'll have, hopefully, double-digit LKQ Superstocks. They haven't run in a couple weeks. Hopefully, the Bombers will be around. Hopefully, the Bombers can double down. Take that double pay. Ground pounders. I, I don't even have to I, I don't even have to say anything because they're just going to show up, and they're, I mean, awesome cars to look at. They've turned into a pretty fun little racing division, and they're just they're a great addition to the card. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to sell, you know, they, they, they're not going to stand out and be marquee division on their own but they are a great addition to the new smyrna speedway and i don't care what anybody says oh if we're not a bomber or ground pounder we don't get talked about bring me cars and i will talk about you like crazy because all i hear is cars 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 so yeah i'm, I'm more apt to talk about what a great turnout what a what a great bunch of cars because i've been chastised for praising a six car super stock race because there wasn't enough cars although it was a great race Ground pounders might bring 20 cars and the race might suck. Same could be said for the LKQ Superstocks. You just never know. I'm going to talk about what I feel like is what made the show. So bring it and put on a good show and I'm going to talk about you. That's just the way it is. That's the way I work. So anyway, I guess that covers kind of the state of things and what's on my mind. Looking at my notes here. Um quickly want to talk about, I don't want the show to go too long, but quickly want to talk about the future of the podcast. I kind of hinted at it at the beginning. Um, I'm going to try to do a show. I can't promise a weekly show. I just, I can't. Um, young child in the house, um, another child part-time. So there might be weeks where things are just too hectic and I don't have time to record. Um, Margot has expressed wanting to get back on the show as well. So hopefully next week we can do kind of like a like we did, if you go back and listen to the old shows, like we did, we just sit here and talk about the races, talk to NASCAR, talk to... She was full of Supercross stuff, so we'll get her back on there. I'm going to try to talk to some drivers after the races on Saturday. I'm going to throw those recordings in there. Um, but we're going to take each show just kind of as it comes. Um, I've talked to Steven, my buddy who's going with to Daytona with me, so we're going to do a Daytona recap uh, if you were at the Bad Bunny Enduro at the beginning of the year, Steven was the, he made the show. He was that guy in the 24 car that was all over the place, wrecked seven, eight, nine times, and still finished sixth in his first ever race in a Buick that was a piece of shit that barely ran. So we're going to have him on. Um, I just want everybody to know that they are welcome on this show, whether we agree or not. I don't want this to just be, 
oh, everything's so great. You know, praise this guy. Hey, if you want to go on here and be like, hey, I didn't appreciate what you said. We can do that too. But uh, we have, um, we're going to have some people on. We might have rotating hosts. If anyone wants to co-host the show, by all means, I, we just want to talk racing. This doesn't need to be some, you know, crazy scripted format. Let's just talk racing. That's what today was all about. I feel I feel better now. I got some things off my chest, and I just want everybody to know that whether you think I was calling you out or picking on you, I appreciate you because I see what you have to say, and I appreciate what you have to say. You might not agree with the way you're saying it, but I get it. I get the frustration because people are, some people are doing this, some people are doing that, and some people are doing what they have to do to benefit themselves. But again, that's just it's gonna it's gonna hurt things more than it's gonna help. So, with that said, we're gonna wrap up this portion of it. We do have our friend John Gross, second place man in the Bomber V Points race this year. We're gonna talk to him. We're gonna pick his brain. And um, make sure you listen to that. We'll see what he has to say about the Bomber B division and uh, see what he thinks he can do with old Shane Satoris, the, uh, the pizza man who's been dominating the Bomber B. So we're going uh, to wrap up this part of it. We'll talk to John Gross here in just a moment. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you stay on here. We'll talk to John Gross, and then we'll be back with you after that. All right, so on the line with us now, we have John Gross, driver of the number 93 bomber car. And uh, it's going good, man. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me, buddy. Of course. So um, we talked for just a second here before we hit record. And, uh, you know, I, I've known you this year from, from racing, a little bit last year. Um, but you have a pretty interesting racing history. So I wanted you to uh, take some time and and kind of tell everybody about your racing background well it's all in my family for the most part um uh, my brother raced my dad raced i kind of grew up with it um and of course we moved down here from pennsylvania in the late 70s and uh i was all excited because uh old melbourne here had a speedway and it was the greatest thing i thought man we lived right up the street and uh make a long story short on that i hit a baseball through a window got grounded as soon as i got here and the track never reopened, and I missed the last race that I ever had. So that's how that started. So that was uh, the old Melbourne Speedway here, and right down no, it's on Wickham Road in Melbourne. But one of those, and, uh, one of those lost speedways, places like that. When did you start going to Orlando? Uh, first time I went to Orlando, I would have been actually went to New Smyrna a bunch before that. So as a kid, who knows? All the way through the seventies, I've got pictures that, especially during speed weeks, you know late seventies, uh, early eighties. Um, and then Orlando, probably first time I would say to watch, probably I'd say 83, 84. And, uh, didn't even realize Orlando was there. Everybody I knew went to new Smyrna. So, uh, that's kind of where my background started was there, but Orlando was a lot of fun too. Yeah. Uh, I missed that yeah, place. New Smyrna was always my, my, my go-to place. Yeah, I can I can relate there. I I went to uh, as a kid when I could get my mom to take me to Orlando. We'd go there, and then you know I got my opportunity at announcing at, at New Smyrna. So I definitely do miss the old Orlando days back when I was little. That was a fun time. Oh yeah. I mean, chances are if you were racing uh, back, I don't know, the early two thousands, late nineties, I might have seen you. Just didn't know. 
Yeah, um, well, it took a lot of time off. I obviously, I, I raced, uh, well, my first race I ever had, uh, ironically, was in a stolen car that I didn't even know was stolen. But this would have been, um, I'd say, 1984. I was a sophomore in high school. And one of my idiot buddies, I told him, I said, I want to do this thing at New Smyrna called a sack race. Mm. And I thought that would be a great idea. So I said, well, I don't know where to get a car. He goes, I'll, I'll handle that part. And I thought he worked at a garage part-time. So I thought, well, you know, he knows something. Well, to make a long story short, he, uh, he five-finger discounted a car and didn't tell me. So he showed up on a Saturday afternoon and said, hey, we're going to New Smyrna. We're going to sack race this thing. And I said, all right, it sounds like a blast. Where'd you get it? He goes, he goes, I'll tell you later. So let's go. I said, all right. <laughs> uh, so we had no way of getting home. We were going to figure that out once we got there because we figured this car is never going to live. And, uh, well, it didn't. Um, I think there was four or five of us. They started us straight across. I was driving, wearing the bag, and he was telling me where to go. But he was a real, real soft-spoken dude, so I never heard him. So all I did was just get up against the wall and just, just kept up it. the wall because I figured, well, that's going to be the fastest way around. So was this, didn't work. was this an actual race car or a street car? Street car. Street we car. Got there, not, okay. Uh, took some of the glass out, not all of it. And uh, back then, it was just, they just wanted you to, you know, they had a sack race and a demolition derby like once a month, I believe. This is back, yeah, like I say, early 80s. Yeah. And uh, they ended up stopping that. I think somebody, a couple people got hurt. but Yeah, I, I, I heard some rumors about the sack race and why they don't do them anymore, so... Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was nuts. It was crazy. Um, it's too bad because those, those are fun, but that track is, you know, it's treacherous. So safety is definitely, uh, and definitely concerned. So, so, so I guess you could say the first time I was, I went around New Smyrna Speedway, I was totally blind. <laughs> and oh. I was. Last so, race uh, you had, it looked like you were blind at one point, but well, yeah, I, I kid because I care. I wanted to see what that thing was going to do. And I, I found out. So. Yeah. You found the edge for sure. Yeah, well, we'll find it again next week. It's all about entertainment. That's I right. was having fun. That's what counts. I was, I mean, you guys were the show, if you ask me. So this right this stolen car that uh, that was your first experience at, at New Smyrna, nothing ever happened with that? You didn't get in trouble with that, or you just kind of washed well, that off your hands? We it on the back stretch, and we got out, and uh, we walked back through the pit area, right out the same entrances. Um, I don't remember if we crossed the same gate. I don't remember if it was there. But basically, we uh, left the track, and we left the car. Um, and uh, I don't know whatever happened to it. I'm sure some scrapper ended up with it, some junkyard. But I think somebody actually wanted it for the demolition derby, which was next, and we weren't going to do that. Yeah. But the kid informed me when we were getting out of the car. He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, this car's stolen. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? And he goes, no, no. I just, uh, he says, technically, you know, it's it's stolen. Um they left it at the shop. Nobody has picked it up, and uh, I took the keys, and my boss will be happy that it's gone. I'm going, okay, we got to go. As I now, yeah, all right, that's cool. We're out of here. My <laughs> so, goodness. Uh, we thumbed our route. Yeah, back then, you could hitchhike, so we are 10th grade, hitchhiking back, and um, I think we got halfway down uh, State Road 44 towards 95, and the race is actually let out, and we got a ride home from some couple of drunks going back to Melbourne. It worked out pretty good. Got in the back of their truck, and... It was a great evening. It sounds like the sack race was the more safe part of the night if you're driving oh, back yeah. with a bunch of drunk people. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> what, I mean, what are you going to do? We're in high school. We're dumb anyway. So, You know, some, some of the guys racing there now, I wonder if the race cars they have are stolen now that I think about it. I'm sure you're not the first or the last person to race a stolen car there. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but that was definitely a good way to get started. And then, uh, let's see. After that, I went and uh, I ran a couple times. I built a car for Orlando. Uh, we literally rope towed it from Satellite Beach, is where I grew up, and we rope towed a, a Chevelle, a '75 Malibu, to Orlando Speed World. That was my first attempt there, and uh, once again, 0 for 2 as far as bringing cars home. Um, the right front suspension collapsed right at the start. It was, I guess, it would have been the back then. I guess it was called the B Bombers too, but mm. it was, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't fare very well. I sold it to the junkyard guy who was standing around, and uh, there was no way to get it home. It was a one-shot deal, but it was fun. Um, that was my that was my introduction into Orlando Speed World, but. Uh, yeah, so you figure that cost me probably 200 bucks in tickets getting it there. We got pulled over twice. Oh goodness. But yeah, we rope towed it, and I had you know I had a kid riding in the back with a flashlight. So obviously there are no brake lights on the yeah. car. Yeah. So I had him standing in the back with a you know sitting in the back on a milk crate with a flashlight, and uh, so we didn't get rear-ended. But yeah, the cops didn't find that very amusing. So but we got all the way to 520 before we got pulled over for the first time. So that was pretty good. Now, at least you got to. To race that night, I mean, I guess they were good cops to let you keep going. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they told you, you know, don't go anywhere, leave it here, and have somebody come pick it up. But yeah, pretty much. And after we wrecked it, it didn't matter anyway. Right, but, right. Yeah, you didn't um, have to worry about going home. Right. So yeah, but it was yeah, my buddy had a '76 Cadillac, and we rope towed it with that. So it's pretty pretty entertaining night. I mean, so, nights uh, like that are always fun. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah. Well, and then after that, um, I went in the military, so I didn't. I was stationed overseas, and got to play around a little bit over there. You know, I took a, you know, you got a, you got the opportunity to drive some really cool cars in Germany, and I picked a '78 Pontiac Le Mans. So I tried to drive that around Nurburgring a couple times. That was a good time, but no racing to, per se. You know, Uncle Sam didn't frown on that there, but yeah. Once I got to stationed in uh, Virginia Beach, um, that was my last duty assignment in the Army, and uh, I got to race at Langley. That's where I really started racing a lot, was at Langley Speedway and just in Hampton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, got out. They sent us back here, got out, moved back to Melbourne, and uh, started running a runabout class in Orlando. That would have been 93, 94 time frame. And that's kind of so, like the Strictly Stock Bombers back in the day, correct? Correct. Okay. That's exactly what it was. But I didn't have any money, so I traded a 25-inch uh, console television for young people. That's the that's when TV was actually a piece of furniture. Yes. So I, tr- I traded that for a 78 Impala, old old uh, taxi cab. That's a good and trade. Made a, run, made a runabout out of that, so had some fun with that thing. Never could afford tires or, you know, never had no idea how to set it up, but we had a ball. Yeah, well, that's what, you know that class especially that's what it's all about if you you can't come have fun what's the point and um, you're certainly not leaving with a bunch of money so no not at all and then uh of course that led to my second marriage which was uh i met her she was in a runabout car herself and uh we met at orlando i started right next to her and started dating and you know and uh yeah that was my second marriage was to a fellow runabout racer so that was pretty interesting interesting yeah so uh, her name was Mary Jefferson. I don't know if anybody remember her, but she didn't run much, but um, she tried. We had a good time. It was fun. So but we never had more than one trailer, so we never got to race against each other again. You know, just a swap we weeks on. or something? Yeah, we'd uh, I'd run once or twice. She'd run. Um, 
and uh, I wrecked mine. Imagine that. And then, uh, she uh, she ran a few more times after that. Then we tried the uh, the dirt track that was at Orlando. That was fun. Oh, I remember and, that place. And uh, yeah, I had a good time with that with that place. And then uh, then uh, we both went to work for NASCAR and in the year 2000, and uh, that turned into full time from 2004 to 2010. And in that time frame, I never sat behind the wheel of a race car in that whole time frame. So, um, and then once we got done doing that, that's when we picked it back up. So, no, I got to ask on your uh, Facebook page, your I believe it's your cover photo is a little hatchback, and it looks like you're at Daytona. What was what's that all about? Yeah, so I figured, um, you know, one of the only one of the things I really wanted to do racing was race at Daytona. I've been going there my whole life. And yeah, I really wanted to run there. Well. I mean, to race a stock car there, I guess you got to kidnap the Pope or something to afford to do that. So I, f- I found out through SCCA, no racing is cheap, but that was at least doable. So uh, I put together what they call a uh, ITB, which is Improved Touring Class B, and it was a 94 Honda Civic. And uh, it was extremely slow, but I was at Daytona. So Yeah, you can't beat that experience. No, it was cool. I mean, it was fast enough. You get in a draft and it would go. But um, just that, uh, you know, not knocking SCCA or nothing because it was a good time and I really enjoyed it. But uh, it just, it just never did it to me. Did it for me after racing at Daytona and you know we ran at Sebring, which I didn't care too much for. I thought that was a borderline dumb. Oh, racing old airport and then it's just knocks your teeth out. But you know, I'm I'm not a road race guy. I, I. got the race at Daytona and but my you know my heart always belonged on a, going or turning left so yep I hear you stuff. there but oh no I was just saying I, I agree with the with the oval stuff that's that's what I prefer yeah and uh so sold all that stuff and that's when uh I thought I was going to be done to be honest with you and then all of a sudden I think it was you posted something about a new class. The the A bomber class does nothing for me. That's what I just got done racing in SECA. Yeah. So and there's enough guys doing that. So and then somebody posted about the B bomber thing, and it's like, okay, we're there. And then all of a sudden, people started racing Crown Vicks all over the state. And I'm going, that's even cooler. Uh huh. Put two and two together, and uh, here we go. Well, I so, just you know when they were talking about it. Um, originally when I first started the, the bombers were basically run what you brung, you know, as long as it fit the rules, you run big old eight cylinder, little four cylinder, whatever you wanted. And then, you know, you get too many different things and people then feel unsafe. If you got a big old car crashing into you or they just want to complain about it and the rules got changed, made the bombers four cylinders, which is fine. I mean, four cylinders are relatively easy cars to find and, a good good place to start and that's the idea with the bomber class you know is that's you know where you start for some people and then uh when they said they're going to bring back the the strictly stocks and call them bomber bees I'm like that's a great idea some people don't like the four cylinders so now there's the the option if you want a stock car with some power you got your bomber bees if you know four cylinders are your thing if that's what you have then you have options now so um if i remember correctly you came out for the armadillo race last year with the malibu correct yeah well yeah that's another good story there too um a bunch of you know guys who were helping me um you know all, we're all old school so we weren't really thinking actually when we went to put the roll bar in it and uh 
not remembering that the, on these newer cars, the fuel tank is a whole lot closer to the center of the car than back in the old 70s, you know, metal tanks hanging out the back. Yeah. Well, we ended up, make a long story short there, we ended up cutting a hole in the gas tank and never knew it until we filled the tank up. And, uh, man, it was just, it was just, uh, that was just a comic, a comedy of errors there. And, 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 uh, you know, I, there was guys that, that night that wanted to help me fix it. We could have taken the tank out. I'm, you know, you know what I'm, you know, I, one of the races at, at New Smyrna is the Marion Edwards Memorial. And that's how that yep. individual passed away is he burned to death on the track. I'm going, man, I'm not going to be that guy. It's yeah. just, this isn't worth it. Put it back on the trailer. And we went and had a big steak dinner. So. You we'll salvaged the night. We'll yeah. Well, I remember coming over to you because I saw you. We didn't have many cars for that that race, unfortunately. And I saw you loading up, and I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And you're telling me about the fuel cell thing. And yeah. I, as much as I hate seeing people load up, when you're like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna be the guy to go out in a blaze of glory like that," I'm like, "You know what? I can respect that." And then you're like, "Yeah, we'll fix her up, make her bomber B." And I'm like, "Well, that's kind of the idea to get this class going." So. And now here you are running full-time this year, second in points. If only we could figure out what Shane's got going on right now. Give somebody a run. Well, but. I'm sitting here looking at my new chain feeder. Um, obviously, everybody knows that the, the older-style Vicks don't have the power that the newer ones do. So mm-hmm. there's nothing I could do to keep ever keep up with them. But it, I, I knew that going into it. I just wanted to get out there. Right. And I'm standing here looking at my 08 right now that I'm putting together, so... I'll be definitely, I don't know if I'll have it done for this year or not, but we'll be ready for next year with a faster uh, reinvent the wheel here. Well, yeah, I mean, th- this year alone, you started, you had the Malibu, and then the, the first night, you're like, yep, brought a knife to a gunfight, and then you've been working on the Crown Vic now, and that's gotten you a lot better, I think. And last week, or last race, was an adventure, but it, you've been through a lot this season with, with a whole bunch of different cars, and Every time, no matter if there's you're racing against two guys or five guys, it seems like you're always having fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's I mean that's what it's all about. That's why we all do this. So I mean that's why I'm out there to have a good time, put on a good show, and if I can't win, people know I'm there anyway. So. Yeah. Oh no. And and like I said, going back a couple minutes ago, um, the last race you guys had was a lot of fun to watch. I know for you it's probably a bit scary at times, but it was it was fun to watch. I had a blast with that race, and I'm glad to see that we are getting some people. Uh, to come out for this class. It's been a slow build, and I wanted to ask you about that. Why do you think it's been kind of tough to get some of these cars? Uh, the Crown Vicks are everywhere, and you, you go to Citrus, you go to some of these other tracks, they've got 20, 30 of these things. Um, why do you think it's been tough to get uh, cars over to New Smyrna? Well, uh, getting getting them over to New Smyrna? Like just getting, getting them to come race. Um, well, it's a totally different gear setup. Those guys that have a lot of work to do to... to I mean, I started out with a car when it might brought my Crown Vic out for the first time. It had gears in it from, you know, Citrus. Uh-huh. I was running a 410, and I was getting passing gear about the start-finish line. It would drop into drive. You know, it's like, okay. But, you know, I just wanted to get out there. But that's what those guys are up against is they'd have to put in a different gear. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, if if um, I, I, I don't remember who was talking about it at the last driver's meeting, but I'd be more than interested in being a representative for our class because I think a stock, the stock gearing that came in these things should be mandatory just so we're not changing gears. And that way those guys can come over because I think that's what they're going to uh-huh. is going to be a, a straight across the board, same gear. You know, you can run a taller tire and a 17 or a 16, or, you know, you're not going to fit a 15 on these, but 
you know, you can mess around with that. But as far as the gear ratios go, I think everybody's going to keep them stock. Yeah. You know, I think that will help out a lot because, you know, I mean, I honestly, I had Shane do my gear change. I, I, I paid him to do it. I, I don't have time and I don't have the resources to do it. You know, I'm paying one of my competitors to help me out. But, you know, it, basically the idea is to get one of these things where you, the only thing you have to farm out is having a cage put in it. You can yeah. do everything else. Yeah. And, and that was the idea of the class, uh, not to be just a, a Crown Vic class or a copy this track or copy that track, but you, you look at things and they're similar uh, similar enough to where I guess they could come. But I do understand that for a lot of those guys, it's a lot of travel. It would be, as you said, a lot of work. And, you know, if they're not winning the bounty, then it, it might not be, you know, worth it for them. So you always got to balance things out. I wish they would come because, yeah. I, you know, I, as a race fan, one, more cars, the better. I think in our class anyway, I ain't going to speak for everybody, but the money thing is, yeah, that's a little taken from, man, I am so pleased every time I go into the pay window and I, we used to race for cheeseburgers and yeah. I was one of those guys. Yeah. People laugh about that, but that was real. Yeah. I walk in there, I finish second and they, somebody hands me a hundred dollar bill. It's like, are you kidding me? This is great. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it isn't about the money. I mean, I went bowling the other night. I didn't make a dime. I played golf once, once or twice. I never got paid to do that either. So yeah. it's a hobby and that's, uh, I, I get it. The guys are running a really expensive cars. I understand that, you know, every little bit helps, but absolutely. But, uh, you know, that's not why I'm in it. I mean, like I say, I have a lot of times I'll tell you to stick it towards or take some of what I just got and put it towards a bomber race the next week. Oh yeah. And they, they appreciate that stuff. Cause I mean, people do appreciate getting paid. So when they can make a little bit extra cash, then yeah, you've had a good night at the racetrack. But the, it, what frustrates me is the, the people that just complain about money and it's like, well, I mean, you, you realize what level we're at here, right? You know, you go, the, the, some some of the same people that'll complain will be the ones that are at the go-kart track uh, spending gobs of money to go run around and, and, you know, you're not getting paid for that. It's like going to the movies. I mean, you can go to the racetrack these days for less than it costs to go to the movies. So yes. it's, you know, I, I just think that, that people like to uh, find something to complain about and complain just for the sake of complaining. But then we have people like you who are just, Hey, you know, I'm in this for fun. I'm having fun. And, you know, that, that's what it's all about. That is what helps a class grow. Because if you get online and you start complaining about everything, it makes people not want to come. So I appreciate um, I, I appreciate your efforts and uh, your attitude towards just having fun with it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the idea. That's why I do this. If I wasn't having fun, I'd, I wouldn't do it. So, you know, I have, I've always had fun racing. I'm going to race as long as... As long as I possibly can, I'd like to challenge Red Farmer and see how long I can go. But awesome, yeah, you know, that's so, a good goal. Uh, and uh, yeah, just as far as the future of this class, I mean, uh, it's, I'm also a firm believer: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it, this Crown Vic class is—I um, know there's a couple guys out there with other cars other than a Crown Vic, but um, maybe grandfather them in, and that's it. Draw the line, and everybody else make it a Crown Vic class. They're so easy to get. Yeah, and that's. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's working everywhere else. That's, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm sure some of these guys like, hey, hell, our, our biggest competition is Mike Dom and he's, he, I think he's, he's running a Lincoln or something, but yeah, yeah so grand, he's been out there every week. So grandfather him in next week, you know, or next year or what have you. And, and, uh, you know, even that kid in the 11 car, if he ever gets his car put back together, you know, just give all these guys a chance, but you know, make it from here on out. You got a new car, make it a Vic. 
Yeah. Or yeah. Mercury. I, I do like the openness of it because if, if, you know, my buddy's got an old Buick and wants to throw it out there, he could be out there. But yeah, I mean, seems like if you're going to be competitive, you, you need, I mean, you're going to need what's, what's fastest, especially at a track like Smyrna. So, you know, I, I, I can see that, but for getting people out there, I like the, the openness of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I get that. And whatever rules you guys apply is what we're going to go by. And, sure. And yeah. we'll have a good time doing it. So, well, I, you know, I'm definitely, I'm glad to hear you're interested in being kind of the ambassador for the class. So I'll let the powers that be know that and get them in touch with you. And, um, if you have good ideas like that, make sure you let them know and, and see, because the, the, the bomber B thing, it's, it's kind of in its infancy, really. The, the rules are kind of bare bones. If you really look, look at it, it's basically enduro rules with a cage. So, uh, some tweaks, will, I, I think will help and, and, the, the division is growing slowly, and thanks to, to Bob uh, putting up the, the bounty and uh, sponsoring the class a little bit, that's definitely going to help. And I think I think it will pick up as the year goes on, as long as we're able to get some weather to cooperate. I think we'll, we'll by the end of the year, I'd love to see, you know, eight, nine of these things, ten of these things out there. It'll be fun. Well, apparently the car I was running against the other night, I know Bobby Hawley was driving it, but yes. that's owned by somebody else. So that car will be back, I'm sure. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard rumors that uh, maybe Jerry Simon's kid will be hopping in that thing. Okay, well, Jamie Skinner's from up this way. I uh, raced yep. with him. He'll be back. I know he's trying to get a cage put in his, or a correct cage. So, you know, I know he's out there. There's a, um, I've, I've heard rumors that other guys are building these things, too. So it, it's going to grow. Yeah. It'll just, hey, the A-bombers took forever, too, to get really rolling. Once they did, now look at it. So Exactly. That's why I have a lot of hope. And, you know, I'm just, I enjoy it for what it is. And I get to have, get to have a little fun up there and uh, try to do some comedy while you guys race. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. We're all part of the show. That's the idea. That's it. I make a show out of it. So. I, I appreciate what you guys do, and I'm um, glad to hear you're, you're having fun with it and uh, looking forward to the next race. Yeah, yeah, me too, big time. Um, I guess we're not on the schedule till I think, mid-September, but we'll definitely be there when we're on there. Sounds good. We'll hope for good weather. I think we're we're getting out of this rainy season. We can get some more racing in. It'll be nice. Yeah, me too. Well, John, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on, and uh, I'll definitely shoot you a link to the episode. And uh, if you have anything else you want to get out there, now's your time. Uh, we're good. I just appreciate everything the track does. I, I'm so glad we have a place to race, a safe place to race, and uh, and I love the you know all the work you guys are doing, and I appreciate it. I really do. It's it's a great facility. We love coming there to run, and all it's going to do is get better from here on out. So, and we're having a ball doing it. That's what I like to hear. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Ryan. You have a good one, bud. You too. Bye. Thanks, man. All right, I want to thank John for coming on, and now we have a little bit of a surprise for you here to finish off this week's episode thanks for tuning in and we will talk to y'all next week all right now we have a special bonus interview on this episode we have the mad scientist himself mr steve barnes driver of the 58 sportsman online with us steve how's it going buddy not too bad but if i'm the bonus guest you're hurting <laughs> well hey look any guest i can get makes this thing more legit because oh got it okay that's i fair. mean People having to sit through forty minutes of me talking, or people sitting through other people talking. So, but hey, you're, yeah, I mean, you're the bonus guy, so that's that's a great honor, you know. Okay, well, that's good to know. I'm going to put that on a resume. I'm sure that'll reap uh, me uh, plenty of rewards soon to soon to follow. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you've been pulling up all the sponsors here lately, so this is only going to help you get more. 
Well, that's true. I have managed to get a, a sponsor or two, so that's been a that's been a real plus. That's been the only bright spot of the whole year, I'll say. That. Yeah, I mean, you're what a couple years removed from a track championship, and it just seems like this year nothing's going your way. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we were having this conversation in the shop the other day, and it was like in 2019 when I won the championship, we raced either 23 or 24 times. And, and I only had to fix body damage twice all year. We ran the entire year and had and same body all year, of course, but we only had damage twice. This year, we've only raced six times, six or seven times, and I've had damage all but once. <laughs> so, and, and it's, it's stuff from not my doing, you know, get caught up in somebody else's mess or something dumb happened. But, oh, man, it's been frustrating. And to really add insult to injury we've not been fast it's not like we've been you know wrecked out of the lead right we're, we're struggling to run you know fifth sixth seventh and and don't know why new clip on the car and everybody's oh that's it but man we went out and tested before the season started in late february march something like that and my gosh that car was fast uh, track record fast so and it was easy to drive i mean it's like oh my gosh we have got something for them this year and then then the track got warm and man we can't find our butt with both hands yeah i was going to say do you think it's the the track or do you think the competition has just stepped up or or is it a combination of everything you think well i know for sure the competition is better now than it was in 2019 no doubt about that um because there's right now there's five or six or seven guys that you know if they're up front and don't make a mistake chances are they're going to win yeah and so there's definitely more competition for sure but you know we're still we're still that we you know obviously when a track gets hotter it, it's going to change adhesion it's going to change grip so we knew that so we we planned for that but man i mean we've not even been close i mean we're you know realistically we've not been we've not been close the 50 lapper was the first time that we had a decent car. Um, but here's the issue. It's good news, bad news. You know, the good news is that all the cars, especially in the front half of the field, are really fast. Uh, the bad news is the front half of the field is really fast. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, everybody's equal. So, so, you know, somebody lays down a really fast lap, well, the next guy is know a couple hundreds off that well if you're even a tenth or two which isn't doesn't seem like that much but on a racetrack it certainly is a lot but even even if you're just a tenth or two faster you don't drive away from you don't you're not lapping them guys so all it takes is just a little bit of a bobble and they're they're right there or vice versa if you're if you're a tenth or two slower maybe you can run with them but you're not getting around them so I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you at the beginning of the year I, I figured you'd be one of those guys up there with those four or five guys every week that's battling for the win I, I think this year the invert's been very important because it seems like the winner usually comes out of whoever hits the invert right and it, and it seems like you miss it by like one spot every week and you're stuck back in the hornet's nest and you keep getting torn up and stuff or you'll have a good run going and then there's a caution and that's when we normally wreck stuff and it's just like all the good luck that you had the last couple of years, keeping your nose clean. It's all coming back on you now. It seems. <laughs> That's right. We all know what karma is. So, yeah. yeah it, sure, it sure seems like that. Um, I, I, we, um, in fact, I, I was at the track Wednesday morning 
practicing again. And I don't know how many million laps I've got around that place, but we're still trying to figure stuff out. And and I think we finally hit on something here, the hooligans at Chad Pierce Motorsports tried something that, you know, is pretty radical, pretty different. Wholesale changes, especially considering how fast we were in preseason practice. Uh, but it's like, man, we got to do something. So we threw the kitchen sink in it, went out and rented the track on Wednesday. And uh, the car was the car was way better. It responded. It felt good. Felt good. And I, it's like, okay, well, maybe there's a maybe there's a fighting chance. But to your point, whoever starts up front out of those five, six, seven, eight guys, whatever that number is, and, you know, whoever shows up, those guys that are fast, if they don't make a mistake or don't get caught up in something dumb in traffic, you know, lap traffic or whatever, they're probably going to win. Yeah. So it's, it's, the cars are so close that, that unfortunately that leads to, if you get a, if you get a chance, you know, to, to loosen a guy up, they, they tend to do that. And I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. You're, I'm, you're, I'm saying, in my opinion, you're one of the cleaner guys out there, you know, yeah, you've been run into more than you've run into anybody from from the from the time <laughs> that I've been sure. watching your race anyway. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, sure. you're 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 right about those those guys though, because just thinking about the the sports and races this year, if, if Earl's out in front, five to go or whatever, they're not going to catch him. Nope. Um, you know the 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 big mix-ups have been mechanical problems, like when Matthew Green had a race one and had mechanical problems with a couple to go, or late race yellows feel to get sponged up and everybody gets torn up. I, I feel like there's been more wrecks this year than there, there have been in the past. Been. And it's, it's yep. too bad because we've thankfully had solid car counts, all things considered for the sports in this year. We had really good car counts because we raced like four times last year. Um, the, the car counts have picked back up, which, you know, when you throw more cars out there, you're going to have a little more action. And, and because everybody's close, when you bunch them up, there's no give and take with two to go. Correct. And I just feel like you've been the ping pong ball and, and it's not even like you said earlier, it's not even been your fault. It's just, you've been the victim of circumstance. And I think now is the time to get that out of the way and go get yourself a win. Yeah, that is, uh, that's certainly the goal. I, I've always been a fan of the longer races. So a, a 25 lapper is not, you know, you don't have a lot of time to, you know, to, to really make significant adjustments. It's, it's gotta be, you know, it's way more luck of the draw. Kind yeah. Of thing. And you're right. If you miss the invert, it's you're, tough. You're toast unless something really dramatic happens. Yeah. And, if, and, if it and kind and of these, plays out the normal way, you're, you're, you're going to, you know, you might pick up a couple, but that's about where you're going to end up. Yeah. And these 25 lappers, you can't wait for the car to come to you. It's got to be there. You know, yeah, like you've got to right. hit it on the head. You've got to have a good start. You've got to get away from all the craziness. And that, that usually ends up with you having a good night. But then you think back, I feel like it was the last time we raced. Maybe it was the time before. Timmy Todd looked like he had to race one, and then the caution come out, and I think you ended up getting torn up in that too. And it's just, you never know with these things. Racing, it's one of those fickle sports, you know? Yeah, I have come, I have come to a conclusion. It's taken me a minute, but I've come to a conclusion. Racing is stupid. Racing is stupid, <laughs> but for some reason we all still love it, right? Yeah, I'm not going to stop. No. And I'm into my 60s, and I'm still doing it. So, that, like, how bright am I? I mean, if you listen to this through, I, uh, you'll you'll hear I air out some of my frustrations. But at the end of it all, it's like, you know what? If it wasn't frustrating, is I don't think it'd be as rewarding at the end of the day. I still love to do what I do, and you know I put up with 
this and that, and I have to deal with this and that. But at the end of the day, I still love going up there, getting in the booth, and and having a good time up there. And I'm sure it's kind of the same sentiment with you. You struggle with the race car, but you still hop in the seat and go out there and have a good time. Yeah, I can't wait to go and strap in a car that's already 94 degrees outside. <laughs> now you go get a car with long underwear and three-piece fire suit and inside temperatures about 135 degrees. Yeah, let's go do that. It sounds crazy. Thousands and thousands of dollars yes. to do it. It's crazy, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's really dope. I mean, when yeah. we really break it down, people on the outside, they must, yeah, they, they already think race fans are crazy, so now yes. we're proving it. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then, hey, some, some nights we get you out there, and then we turn the lights off on you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, hey, look, that was one of the most terrifying events I've ever experienced in a race. And I've been on fire in a race car. And that the lights going out, I mean, it, as soon as it happened, um, Panic. it was, I, you know, clearly, it was, but the, here's good news, bad news. The good news is the lighting at New Samaritan Speedway is fantastic. Yeah. There's not another track in the state that has better lighting than New Smyrna. So it's really bright. Problem is, when they go out... It's really dark. You know, yeah, you've gone from a really bright room to a really dark room. It takes a while for your eyes to adjust. And my gosh, it, as soon as it happened, you know, it's like, oh, slow down, don't hit anybody, don't get hit. I can't see them, so I don't know. But then after, after because it took a while for the lights to kind of warm up, and I kind of thought about it, man, and, and we were at caution. Yeah, so if that thank was God. Three minutes later... And we take the green and the lights go out. Can you imagine the calamity? That's when I started really kind of setting in. And like, yeah. Holy crap, that could have been terrible. I mean, there was a little bit of a hiccup with the lineup that saved us from going green about a minute before it happened, too. I mean, right. I just. Yeah, I had just keyed the bike. It's like, why are we still under yeah. caution? And yeah. Looking back, it's like, whoo. Thank God. We all dodge a bullet there for sure, and, and as it turned out, nobody even bumped into anybody. I know. I could not. I could not believe that. I, you know, it's it's funny. As the lights went out, I was finishing up the lineup because the lineup was finally set. So I'm like, all right, I'll go over the lineup now. And I'm looking down at my paper, and it was just a power surge. So in the tower, the light flashed off real quick and came right back on. So it was kind of like, whoa, what happened? Then I look out on the track, and I was like, oh my god, the the light, the the whole freaking place is is out. But, yeah. you know, it came right back on in the tower because that's basic lighting. But those stadium lights, and, and I didn't know, I don't know anything about them, but Rusty's like, oh, we're going to be okay. We, it just takes them. They have to cool down before they'll come back on. And then right. they take that, that time to, it was kind of like a, a sunrise when they finally started coming back. I think I was talking to you down on the track, and yes. the lights finally started to come back on, but it still took a good five, six minutes for them to fully come back up. That was you know, I, I know it's happened in, in racing and different sporting events, but that's the first time in, in that I've been at a racetrack and had the lights go out. So I'm just so thankful that nobody did damage their stuff. I mean, if, if y'all are going to crash your stuff, I'd like to be able to see it. You yeah. know? <laughs> that's right. It's way better people can watch. That's right. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, nobody would have seen anything. I did see a video that uh, the, the video guy, Tom, but that's not really a good representation because the camera does a great job of oh. taking how whatever the limited amount of light is and really magnifying that so it looks brighter than it really is. Right. I mean, the video, it's like, ah, you can probably see a little. Oh, no. No, <laughs> it was it was dark. I mean, when I oh, came down there to talk yeah. to you all, I'm like, yeah, it's freaking dark down here. Yeah, man. It was, And especially the second it went out. You went from that really bright room to a really dark. Oh room. yeah, your eyes don't—they don't have time to adjust. And no, I mean, it, you might as well have your eyes closed. Yep, it, it was literally it was that dark. It might have been safer, you know. 
That's right. But yeah, I, I'm just so thankful for that that night that you know we didn't nobody busted a radiator or hit anybody or hit the wall or yeah, God, I mean it could have just been it could have been. Yep. We we've had enough calamity over the past few years that uh, I'm just so thankful that it wasn't worse. <laughs> I, I I feel like the sportsman division over the past two years. I can't think of a division that's been more affected by this COVID crap in the the weather. I mean, last year y'all got to race four times. This year four it just times. seems like every, you know, every time we got sportsmen on the schedule, it's like, okay, what's it going to be this time? And thankfully, it looks like we're going to get to race this weekend. That would be nice. Yeah, because we were supposed to race two weeks ago and the weather was good, but, but was it two? Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. The weather was good, but no tires. So. Yep. Well, I did get a I did get a a video from. Uh, somebody driving by the track. It, it, I think we all would have gotten to the track that night, but I don't think we would have raced. So I think that was last week, two weeks ago. I don't know that there was rain. Oh, okay, that was the that was the no tire race. Well, th- 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 these days I lose track of the days. So, but no, <laughs> That's I, what happens when you get old. I, you know, I wanted to talk to you about the 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 tire deal because it's. I, I know that uh, I, I talked about it a little bit earlier on the show, but um, there's definitely a tire shortage, and tracks are having to get through it other tracks are canceling and um i just i I feel like it something needs to change with the tires so that we can keep a supply because losing races for you all racers and and the fans because there's no tires i just i i don't i I hope that's the only time we have to go through that yeah um i for the supers i i'm much more sympathetic to the let's not put a hundred thousand dollar race car on tires that are right. sitting around in the sun for you know a year yes I, so i get that but for everybody else i i think uh, you can't let the inmates run the asylum i get that but with that being said if somebody would have asked me race on what you got tires no matter what they are or cancel man sign me up i'm i have a race car to race it i don't right. have a race car to look at it and, and polish it so i would have rather raced on the tires that i had what you know, eighty laps or whatever's on them. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather race than not. But again, I get it. You can't. You know, you, you ask a hundred people anything, and you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna get universal acceptance across the board. But I would have rather have seen them race and just say, you know, yeah, I, we I, got what we got. Let's go. Even if they would have said, hey, we're gonna make this a non-points thing. Come out and race if you want. I I think that would have been better than no racing. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I think so. this time uh, of year, there's so many things going up against the racetrack, weather, heat. I mean, heat keeps people away. Sure um, does. you know, it keeps racers away. I know, I know some of the, the superstock guys like, oh yeah, we're ready to go when it gets cooler. Yeah, um, not gonna race when it's this hot. Yeah. yeah so yeah, there's, I, I, I'm a Northern guy. I'm, I'm originally from Illinois and, and a lot of the tracks in like Wisconsin, Michigan, whatever, they have a two tire rule. So yeah. no matter tire shortage or not, you know, you're only limited to buying two tires per race weekend, and, and the thought is that you it, that what happens is that rules in general, whether it's tires or any other kind of rule, I've run a racetrack, I've run a series, I've, I've 
created and promoted a series. So I've been on that side of the desk. I'm not just a, oh, I can do it better and not have any experience. I've actually got experience doing it. Yeah. And and the rules, and it doesn't matter what you're talking about rules, whether it's tires, engines, whatever kind of rules, the rules are designed to protect the racer from themselves. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're not very bright, right? So we'll just keep spending money after money after money to go chase a, you know, a, a 12-inch plastic trophy at 50 bucks. So eventually it gets to the point where it's too expensive, and that happens all the time. It has happened as long yes. as there's been racing. And, and we see, we, you can look at a couple of our divisions right now, and you can see that a couple of guys, they have the money, they have the biggest yes. stuff, it's and they get away from everybody else, and then you see the bottom guys, they just stop showing up. Hard. Right. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And, and that tires is one of those things. And, and I, don't, I don't say this to mean any offense to anybody. People seem to think that, when I have an opinion that it's I'm trying to offend somebody, which is not the case, but I feel like there are a lot of rules right now that cater towards certain people, and instead, and we listen to certain people, and it benefits only a handful of people instead of going to the outside. Like, hey, what should we do for this division to get everybody competitive? You know what I mean? I, I hope that makes sense. Makes sense in my yes. head. But yeah, you know, bringing I, I the think rules. Tires is- one of those things, I, I think, because right now a set of tires in the sportsman class is six hundred twenty-five dollars. Right? If you win the race, you win four fifty. Right. I'm not very good at math. But well, that's I'm a loss. Sure that's a losing proposition, and it's it's yeah, it's really it's stupid expensive, and very few people can afford six hundred plus dollars. Right. Not to mention the fuel to get there, the ten dollar, twelve dollar gallon racing fuel, and the list goes on and on. And, and on. you would so, think maybe from the, an outside perspective that. Oh, well, that will police itself, right? No, absolutely not. The, no, the ones not. that have the money are well, going to spend it, it because yes. it's they're they're out there to spend their money. That's be, that's be, what their yeah. hobby is. And some people are can. doing this to ho- have enough money to make the gate next week. Yeah. And there's a yeah, spectrum so here. So, so the, the two-tire rule kind of helps to police that because eventually it's like, man, I'm tired of getting beat by tires. Sorry about the pun there. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting frustrated because I'm getting beat by tires every single week. I can't afford to put tires on every week. Screw it. I'll just go fishing. I'll right. go bowling or I'll go do something else. Well, and you start you to see only, people yeah, falling off. Yes. So if you limit it to just two tires, now you've got to, A, manage your tires when you race, and B, it's like, well, now you got a fighting chance. And the perfect example of that is the sportsman class at New Smyrna when they allowed built motors. The class was 8, 10, 12 cars all the time because the same two guys with built motors smoked the field. Yeah. And as soon as they went to a crate motor only, you watched the car count increase to nearly double. Right. And, and because you, it's and like, I'm not going to get beat by a fifteen or $20,000 motor that I can't afford. Right. Everybody's got the same bullet. And, and you know, it, it's rule changes. It's a double-edged sword because yes. you might outlaw somebody or exile somebody, but you might you might lose one guy, and he might be so pissed off that he doesn't want to change whatever he could probably change to get back out there and be just as good. He's pissed off about it because it's a rule change. You might lose him. You might lose another guy, but you might gain five. A right. net that's a net increase, and that you know to build car counts, you need that increase. I I hate losing anybody, e- even the guys that don't like me. I don't want to lose them. You know who doesn't like you? Oh, there's there's plenty, and that's fine. <laughs> that's that's part of the business. That's what that's what keeps me doing what I do, Steve. Um, but you know, I I just I, I and I hate to to call anybody out or to say it's oh because of this guy, but listening to only certain people kind of gets you in more trouble 
because you cater to the guy who can do whatever, it's just going to yeah. get worse, you know. Yeah. In my opinion, and, and I agree with what you're saying about the tires, and, you know, a lot of it's, oh, we don't have anybody that can keep up with it. To hell you make somebody do it. It's not that hard. I'll do it if they need me to, but I, I feel like, you know, there does need to be a rule. You, you can only buy tires, and, and especially right now, we can't have people just coming in and buying up all the tires and hightailing it out of there. They need to have a rule where you can only buy tires at the track if you're racing that night. And, right. you know, if it's easy to do now because every single tire's got a barcode on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, little, little barcode reader, and you know exactly what this what the score is on, on tires. So, that would not be terribly difficult to keep track of. Yeah. And, you know, so they, somebody they might they have to do, do a little more work, but, 20 years. So. but it can definitely be done. And I don't know what the exact solution is. I don't know if it's four tires a month, uh, two tires a race. Um, which is better than what we have now, because right now it's just all right. Who's got money? Because here's your yeah. tires. Here's your advantage. And yeah. that's why, and not a knock on the people that win every week, but that's like you said, that's a reason why we see the same people up front. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you, you, you can watch. You can watch. Uh, you can watch the sportsman race, and there were there were guys that that were fading at the end of fifty laps because they burnt their tires off. Yeah. So. So that that's that's the kind of advantage that those tires are. Now, I will say that the Hoosier run the F70 now. That that tire is definitely harder, which I am a big fan of. Yes. Because harder is slower. I don't care about speed. I care about durability. Yeah. So, I mean, from uh, from from a crowd perspective, we can't tell the difference between no, the, the old tires and the new ones. Absolutely not. And, yeah. And, the other tire that we ran, it was you bolt those set on, and if you were any good at all, it was six tenths faster that's that's like adding 50 horsepower yeah it was yeah. six tenths faster that was only good for three to maybe five laps right and then it, then so you had to off. at least but. now you might be able to get a couple of races without being too far at a disadvantage you're still at a disadvantage new rubber is always better than old yes but i think but it, I, but the I, new I was, stuff is harder it's only it's only two or maybe three tenths better yeah which helps so. it helps oh no question if you're qualifying that's a big deal Yep. If you're not qualifying, then it really doesn't matter. Right. Well, I can't say it really doesn't matter because it, it does, if, especially if you're starting up front. Now you can get away if a guy doesn't have you know, new tires. You can get away from him that three or four tenths every lap. Uh, and now you've got a pretty sizable lead. You've really got to screw up to, to let him get around you. So it, it definitely helps, but it's not the end-all to be-all if you're, if you're not qualifying. Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, the the change to the F70s was, was a huge step in the right direction. And, you I know... I can I can say this because uh, people at the track even say things are slow to change from time to time over there, and it takes time. But that was definitely a step in the right direction. Now I think just a, and especially now needs to be this this tire shortage needs to be the catalyst to say, okay, we have to have a tire rule. We don't, you know, I get it. They want to sell tires because it makes them money. I get it. But what else makes you money is getting racers to your racetrack, getting fans to your racetrack because the fans want to see race cars. And if we can all work together and do a little bit better, and it's a win-win for everybody. So yeah, my philosophy when I was running a track was my customer was not the fan; my customer was the racer. Because without the racer, there are no fans. Right. So so you've got to you've got to do what you've got to do. And let's face it; you're never going to please all the racers. Nope, <laughs> That's nope. Impossible. And you're never going to please all the job. fans. And you're yeah, never going to yeah. think uh, no, even the people you're gonna, you know you're, yeah, ne- you're never going to please them. You've got to do what's in the best interest of of the racer and yes the the track wants to sell 
tires. They want to sell four to me this week as opposed to two to me. However, if there's two other guys that have got cars on jack stands because they're tired of racing against tires and losing, we're losing out. Now they say, like, well, hey, I've got a fighting chance. Got a great motor. Nobody's got something. Nobody's got a 15 or 20% advantage on horsepower anymore. And they're on two tires at best. I think I've got a fighting chance. I'll bring my car out. So now you get two or three new cars that have been sitting for a while. Well, now your car counts. So now you're only selling two tires to each guy. But now you're selling it to, you know, 40 cars in the pits instead of 15. Right. And that looks a hell of a lot better. And the fans are, you know, with New Smyrna, we're it's vacation destination, so you get a bunch of new people. They show up to a race, and you only got 30 cars in the pits total. They're oh, probably not awesome. going to be that likely to come back. But if oh. they show up and you wow them, well, you, you, you get people back, and you, you might start yeah. getting some of these people back. And I'm not trying to knock the racetrack. I, this is not what me saying these things is, is all about. It's just like, you know, th- things could be better, you know. But yeah, there's definitely tracks out there that are killing it. Yeah, you know, look at the Madhouse in, in North Carolina, man. Those guys put fifteen thousand people for a regular Saturday night show in the pits. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, in the stands. Yes, they do. And 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 they are overflowing in the pits. 150 cars every Saturday night. What are they doing? Well, all you got to do is do what they do. Yep. You know, it's, it's hard. It's thankless, but it's it's not impossible. Oh yeah, I mean we could we could sit here and brainstorm all night and come up with this and that and we'll never have all the answers. We'll you know because what what you come up with might be good for some and not for others, like we like we just said. But um, I I mean I I appreciate you, you since I've been there. You've pretty much been a, a staple at the track and uh, I definitely appreciate that because I know the time and effort that you put into it and uh, I'm glad you glad you got that championship and hopefully. Your luck will start to change here, and we'll see you in victory lane before the year's out. Man, I, I hope so. That is certainly the plan. In fact, I'm at the race shop right now, so that's typically my day. I get off work. I go to the shop, work till I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock every night. Well, hey, that, that's a racer right there, man. <laughs> Racing stupid. Yep, yep. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on this stupid show here and giving us something no good problem. to talk about. To yes, sir. Well, um, like I said, appreciate that rebooting this thing and hopefully it'll be more of a regular thing and um weather's looking good i'm not going to say it anymore i don't want to jinx it but hopefully we will see you out at the racetrack on saturday steve well that is my plan Ryan. i appreciate it thanks yes sir enjoy the rest of your night and we'll see you at the track okay take care thanks steve bye